Life Audio. Just ahead on Encouragement for You, focus on the family's Dr. Greg Smalley and his wife Erin discuss how to make your spouse feel loved. Plus therapist Brad Fairchild on hope. Welcome to the Encouragement for You podcast, brought to you by Encouragement Communications in association with the Salem Web Network and is part of the Life Audio Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. In just a moment, your host, Don Hawkins, will introduce today's episode. First, a word from our sponsors. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. For many years, Dr. Greg Smalley and his wife, Erin, have conducted marriage and family seminars. In our first segment, they join host Don Hawkins to talk about how to make your spouse feel loved. Let's start ladies first, Erin. Talk to us about uh, we men and how we can make our wives feel loved. Well, I'm going to start with uh, the primarily important one, and that's pray for her. Pray for her every day and make it a point to pray with her, especially when she's troubled about something. And I, I can say that, Greg, doing praying with me, especially when I have something heavy on my heart, it, it not only makes me feel safe with him, but with the Lord. Mm. It's just a very important thing to, to build safety into your wife. So that really cultivates the feeling of loving God with all your heart and loving people mm-hmm. as yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, and Don, I think is is a husband that... You know, part of it is that for for a long time, I mean, we we always prayed together. I would say that it was very inconsistent in the early part of our relationship, but I think now we do that uh, very very regularly. And and I tell you, you hear people say that prayer truly does change a marriage. Yeah, I'm telling you what, it really does. Yeah, there, I would agree. There mm-hmm. there is an intimacy. There's a level of intimacy that cannot be explained by anything other than that spiritual intimacy. That's it's beyond words, and you know it when you experience it. And, you know, I mean, any couple can have an intimate relationship. But I tell you, prayer takes it somewhere that, that that's within that stratosphere of, of, of God, of, yeah. of, of the spiritual realm. Yeah, it really puts the, yeah, it just puts that marriage together with the Lord in the center and at the mm-hmm. head. And, and again, that praying together, and, and there's the old saying that goes without saying that the couple that prays together stays together. 
Very vital. Greg, let's uh, come back to you then. Uh, talk to us about uh, what these uh, ladies can do uh, for us husbands. What can these wives do to make us feel loved? Yeah, and I, and I love, Don, what you're doing because you're, you're actually giving Aaron and I a chance to really to coach the opposite sex in terms of what, what, what you know, for me, like what, what, what really touches a man. And I love how Aaron is really saying, well, here's what touches a woman. You know, I think for for the women out there, one of the things that's important to understand is tell tell your husband, tell your significant other both that you love him and that you like him. Yeah. You know, and, and it may seem like a really trivial difference, but I tell you, you know, I, I, I think as a husband, um, my wife and I stood up and, and I believe that we committed to a lifetime of love. I don't ever worry about her love for me. Yeah. But, but I tell you, there, there's something powerful when she also communicates that she likes me. Mm, yeah. That's different. It's sort of like I'm her <laughs> husband. She has to love me. You know, she's commanded. God tells her. Yeah, I took a vow to love you. What do you think? Exactly. Right? <laughs> but, 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 you know, there, there's questions, though, at times. Do you really like me? Do you like hanging out with me? Yeah. Am I like one of your best friends? If you had all these other people to choose from to hang out with, would, would I be one of your top choices? And, and Aaron does a great job of making me feel very liked. I, yeah. I feel that she mm-hmm. enjoys my company, that we laugh, we hang out, we do things together. And, and so, ladies, again, just I, I think for a guy, just don't tell us that you love us. Communicate that you like us, that you yeah. want to be around us. Mm, oh, that is powerful. There, there's a scripture that's consistent with that, Greg. First Peter 3, 7 talks about husbands and wives being heirs together of the grace of life, which uh, to me sounds like enjoyment, like shared fun, like liking each other. And you guys may remember, although this will really date me as way back when, there was an old movie called Shenandoah. Yeah. And Jimmy Stewart played in that, and uh, this young guy was played by Doug McClure. And uh, the old guy asked him, he said, why do you want to marry my daughter? He said, because I love her. He said, oh, that goes without saying, you need to like her. Oh, that's that's exactly what you said. Is uh, that when the old silent movies were on? Yeah, they, they were They were verbal. Oh. It was, right. that, that one even was colorized, I must say. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, I recently, yeah. actually just recently heard, too, the advice of, Telling your children you like them, that not only you love them, but that you like them as people. And mm. building that confidence into them, not only into your husband, but also your children. Let's go to the phones. Our next call comes from Tanya. Hello. You have a question or a comment for us? I mostly have a comment, and it's to deal with how you know you can depend on each other and to know that he can depend on you for certain things. Three Over three years ago, our son was diagnosed with cancer. He was five at the time. And we really had to pull together because we also had two other daughters at that time, and we were sent to MD Anderson Cancer Center and had to live there for three months. Mm. And my husband and I were both able to go down there and to be with him and to know that we could depend on each other and have each other that whole time there just meant so much, and we were so thankful for all that time we were able to share and to um, be there for our son and to rely on each other and to know that we could focus on just him and what we needed to do and for our marriage also. It, it just really put us to the test, but it also it, it brought us to so much that we didn't know we had in each other. Wow. Greg, your thoughts? What, what I'd be so curious about is because that scenario you just laid out can go either way. I mean, we've heard that so many couples have actually pulled away from each other in, in the distance and the gap grows, 
but it sounded like you guys pulled together. Is there something that you would look back and go, okay, here was the key that, that kept us connected versus distant? Um, it was God. I mean, I told Joe at that time it would have been so hard to go through this without God in our lives because we met families that didn't have that. And to try to talk to them, it, it was just so hard for them to understand in a way that we did with having Christ in our lives to lead us through that and to bring us together for that. Well, especially mm-hmm. because you realize that he's in control, that, that he's going to, you know, work these things out to his glory. I mean, all that. That's neat. I mean, that obviously that that's what kept you guys really, really... The, connected is is your faith that's great and that's back Aaron, to that whole dimension you mentioned earlier about praying together absolutely and tanya i love how it's so it was so simple for you to say it's god because it just shows that your faith is that is that deep and and strong tanya can you bring us up to date as to how your son is doing and how your family is doing what's the situation um my son james he is um just turned nine this month, and he is now cancer-free. He has been cancer-free for two and a half years and doing wonderful, and we added another child to our family. Mm-hmm. So now we have three girls and our son, James, and we are very thankful for mm-hmm. all that we have in our family. Oh, we are so grateful to hear that. Let us pray for you. Lord, what a joy it is to hear from Tanya and to hear how you have brought her and Joe together through this fiery trial that they've experienced. Lord, you've promised to never put more on us than we can bear. You'll either give us the added strength or you'll lighten the load. And Lord, they've experienced that even together. And They've been an encouragement to each other during this time. and Lord, what a great example to us all. And I thank you for the way you've blessed their marriage and that uh, that uh, their marriage has uh, produced these wonderful children, that their son uh, James is doing better, and we pray that you would keep him cancer-free and protect each of them, Lord. Give them grace and encouragement, and may they continue to be a testimony and an encouragement to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Good to hear from you, Tanya. We're talking about how to make your spouse feel loved. Erin, it's your turn again. Okay, now this one may not make sense to men, but I know it took me a while to get Greg to understand this, how in the world this could make me feel loved or make me feel safe in our marriage. Is it dealing with chocolate? No. No food. No, no food. It actually is exhibiting humility and admitting your mistakes. Oh, you mean admit we're wrong? Yes. Admit we need to ask for directions? And asking for forgiveness. And I know for the longest time, he's laughing at me. I'm not quite I'm sure not what to make of this. He's laughing at me because, see, that that's the reality for all of us as men. Uh, if we can learn to ask for directions, to admit that we're wrong, and uh-huh. ask forgiveness. That's yes. been a hard one for me to learn. We've been yes. married for 43 years, and the first 10 years of our marriage, I was never wrong. You're, <laughs> you're right. talking crazy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it, it's amazing, though, when Greg... I can remember early on in our marriage when we were Greg was in graduate school pursuing his doctorate, and he came home and he told me about a situation that he had written an answer down on a test after the woman after his professor had said stop, and he went to the professor and he told her, and she gave him the uh, appropriate discipline. And I can't tell you how safe I will never forget that moment. Mm, yeah, telling him I, that it just warms my heart to know that if you make a mistake. You admit it to me, and then you you had integrity, and you followed through and did the right thing. It built so much safety between us because I knew that if if there was something that he was going through that he was, you know, 
if he was making a mistake, if he was doing something that he felt was wrong, he was going to be honest with me. Yeah, boy, that is a tremendous principle of, uh, for each of us as men to take to heart. All right, Greg, what do you have for the wives? You know, I, I would encourage the wives to express how much you appreciate your husband for all the hard work that he does to support the family. Mm. I think as the protector, as the provider for my family, man, there's nothing better than Aaron actually recognizes that and then goes that step further to express some sort of appreciation. I think for guys, because we can be very performance-driven and we, we want to measure up and we don't want to fail, any time you can take an opportunity to jot a note, to send an email, a text, something to express your appreciation for what we do, yeah. I think that that so speaks love to a man. We'll be back with more after a brief word from our sponsors. And don't forget to listen for Dawn's live weekend talk show, Encouragement Live, heard Saturdays at 7.05 p.m. Central Time on American Family Radio and other radio stations around the country, as well as on the worshipchannel.org. For many people today, the stresses of life have left them feeling hopeless. Maybe you feel this way yourself. In this next segment of Encouragement for You, Christian therapist Brad Fairchild and host Don Hawkins explore the subject of hope. Brad, before we get into issues and why people feel hopeless, uh, let's uh, talk about what hope is. Uh, We use the word hope in uh, maybe a, a different way in our typical conversation than uh, what we use, what the Bible uses it. We we talk about hope like I hope that uh, we'll be able to have a good year, and I hope I'll be able to make my mortgage payments. But I'm not absolutely sure that I will. I hope that I'll stay healthy, but I might get sick. Um, that's a different concept than biblical hope, isn't it? Yeah, and I just I love this concept. I'm glad you brought that up because yes, we throw around that word hope so uh, loose, and it's, it's like it's just some small thing, and maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. I sure hope so, and and that's exactly right. When the Bible says hope, I mean you can you can put your life on the line yeah. for it. Take it, it is, to it the is bank. That concept for it's yeah. done deal. It's not a matter of of uh, maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. I, you know, when mm-hmm. when the Bible says our hope is in Christ, we have a hope for eternal life. It's not just, well, I hope I get to heaven. I hope I go to heaven. It's, uh, I know I'm going to heaven. And and if you're listening and you don't feel like you have that kind of confidence, wow, we really want to encourage you to work that out with the Lord. Get, uh, you know, get pastors, get friends, get people to help you with that because that is, they're available for us in Christ. Uh, Brad, the verse I think of when I think of hope is 2 Corinthians 4.14. It's a bit of an obscure verse, but it says it so well. Paul there says, knowing that he he who raised up Christ Jesus will raise us up and present us together with you. And uh, there are two components to biblical hope, an absolute certainty about the future, an absolute assurance uh, that we will have a great future with the Lord based on the absolute certainty of the past, and that is of his resurrection. You put those two things together, you've got a strong hope that serves as an anchor of the soul, don't you? It's good stuff. That's beautiful, yeah. yeah. All right, let's talk about uh, why we may not feel hope, and we're going to challenge some inaccurate thinking to, with the Word of God. And So, friend, we are glad that you have joined us 
One of the reasons, Brad, that I've seen uh, people feeling hopeless is the presence of uh, strife and conflict. And I think this is probably true uh, virtually any time. Strife and conflict can can lead us to feelings of hopelessness, especially when uh, things have played out in a conflicting and strife-filled manner in the past. Uh, we feel like, uh, well, there's no way that that's ever going to change. There's going to continue to be that kind of conflict, that kind of strife. Uh, do you see that in your counseling practice a lot? You know, in the inpatient hospital setting, uh, we look at stressors a lot, and we talk in, in terms of what is stressful in a person's life and how that contributes to our problems. And, and stress, strife itself, strife, and I guess yeah. probably, Don, we ought to stop and really define uh, strife. Yeah. We're really just simply talking about when we say strife. I think of strife as a biblical word, and sometimes people are like, well, what do you mean strife? It's kind of an old English word, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. And strife is, to me, just conflict between people and and who anybody it can be work yeah. it can be your boss it can be a coworker it can be a subordinate at work it can be family it can be friends neighbors uh, mm. but when there is problems and conflict with people uh, that by definition is strife and so strife being one of the number one stressors yeah. that brings people into counseling that brings people into uh, the hospital, UBH Denton, uh, UBH El Paso, we have people come in and, and very, uh, mm. well, I, I, I wouldn't go as far as they always, but yeah, probably, I would say always, mm. at least strife with people has some to do with it. But yeah. oftentimes it is the primary cause for someone yeah. to come to a place where uh, they're depressed, suicidal, to the point of needing help. As we've talked about strife and conflict in families, uh, there is a passage that Dr. Minrith selected for us to talk about uh, from the book of Genesis that talks about this issue. Uh, uh, tell us about this passage. Uh, set this up for us. Well, you know, this is one of my favorite stories, uh, Abraham and Lot, and they were uh, increasing in, in numbers, both with people and herds, and they were out uh, together, and the herdsmen began to quarrel, and and Abraham, in Genesis thirteen eight came to Lot and said, Let there be no strife between us, hmm. between you and me, and between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. And I just, it's like we're family. This was yeah. his, uh, his nephew. And, and then he said to Lot, he said, you know, look up, look around. They went up on a hill, and, and he said, look around. And, and there's leadership in this in Abraham. There's, there's love, there's sincerity, there's genuineness. He said, look around. He said, you take wherever you go, I'll go the other way. Let's separate ourselves so we can continue to have peace, which, you know, sometimes we have to do that to have peace. Let's separate ourselves, and whichever way you choose, I'll choose the other way. Well, Lot was younger and selfish, and he chose the beautiful, green, lush land, Mm -hmm. and that left Abraham with the desert. And so Abraham was like, okay, and it it doesn't (laughs) say that he complained at all. And he went, and just a few verses later... God took him out at night and said, look up and count the stars if you can. And he said, of course you can't. He said, that is the number of descendants I'm going to give you. I'm yeah. going to bless you. And I just thought, wow, how Isn't beautiful that is. Yeah. And that heart in Abraham and what a leader he was. And part of that for, for application to us, yeah. can we be a leader in bringing about hmm. peace in our families and yeah. in our home? Yes, we can, yeah. with God's help, with God's yeah. direction. And uh, Romans uh, chapter 12 has a great statement that goes along with this. It says, if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, 
live peaceably with all men. There are times that you simply cannot do anything to head off the strife. The other person is just bound and determined they're going to produce conflict. And what you need to do then is set that boundary and move out of the picture. And that may be difficult. That may be painful. But that may be the solution. Third observation, the leader needs to be the peacemaker. Abraham was the leader, the family patriarch. And sometimes those of us who are older, more mature, tend to revert back to childhood at those family <laughs> gatherings. <laughs> uh, yep. And uh, we, we, need to, we need to not do that. Thank you for listening to this episode of Encouragement for You with Don Hawkins, host of Encouragement Live Radio and author of over 25 books, including Never Give Up and Master Discipleship Today. You can find more about Don and his books at EncouragementLive.org. Encouragement for You is a production of Encouragement Communications with the Salem Web Network and LifeAudio.com. Editing by Phil Gebers. Production by Elizabeth Andrade. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us. Let me take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on Encouragement for You. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Stay encouraged and join us next time for Encouragement for You. Feeling stressed? Let's take better care of you. I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stress Less Podcast. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.